I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The My Baby and Me podcast in association with Nook. Hi, this is Jane Garvey and welcome to another My Baby and Me podcast, where each time we're discussing a different aspect of pregnancy, parenthood and everyday life with your new baby. We're here to share our advice, our own experiences and the odd horror story, just in the hope really that you might do a little bit better than we did on the road to being a mum. On today's episode, we're discussing your home and your family and how best to introduce a new baby to it. So with me again in the studio, uh, we've got Lucy Mangan. You'll have read her columns in The Guardian and in the magazine Stylist. Lucy, welcome to you. Hi, Jane. Also here, the writer and broadcaster Ian McIntosh and the BBC Asian Network's Nihal. You've got the two children, Nihal. Lucy and Ian have got a three-year-old each, a girl in your case, Ian, and a son in your case, Lucy. So I've got that straight. Nihal, you've got one of each. One of each, yes. And who came first? Uh, the boy. Right. Yes. Uh, and how, I mean, was he old enough to understand getting a sibling? Yeah, he, I mean, there's, well, there's only 20 months between the two of them, so fairly close. And um, he absolutely, yeah, adored the fact that there was this, he wasn't kind of old enough, the gap wasn't big enough for there to be a conscious whim in it. Well, you're taking away my shine. And one thing that my friend suggested to me was that um, when you go to pick up the second child at the hospital, have a present for your first child in the car and say, oh, look, you know, she's brought you a present, your new baby. And that worked wonders, I've got to say. He swallowed that. It was the the classic PR um, (laughs) vibe on that one. What was uh, the present? um, I can't remember what the present was, but it was something he clearly loved. And the fact it just said present and it was wrapped in shiny paper was more than enough for, you know, a sub two-year-old. Don't try that with a 15-year-old, by the way, if that happens. (laughs) Yeah, that might not. Well, it depends on the present, doesn't it, really? Yeah, actually, you're right. It does. two weeks in Ibiza uh, that uh, this little baby is paid for, miraculously. Now, um, not old enough to really care but also not old enough to be a help of any kind actually there's a three-year gap between my kids and that meant that my oldest child genuinely could help with the younger one in the sense that she'd go and get a nappy or something like that fetch the wipes um that and that i thought that was good and also it meant that i could actually hold a conversation with one of my children um often about the other one that was not the case no that was not the case uh and were there huge problems in adjusting between Having one child and then having the two. Um, the difference seemed as if we'd had five more children. It was just <laughs> so overwhelming. It wasn't as if it was just kind of like, well, you know, we've got used to that. Oh, it'll just be that again. It seemed as if it was multiplied so many more times. And then well, kind of recently, I've, I've been really kind of lobbying for a third child, but uh, everyone seems to tell me that that is an absolute um, madness, but yet not as big a jump in some ways. The second to the third is not as bad as the first to the second, I, I say bad. I saying she got her third child, well, you're stuck at home anyway, aren't you? 
<laughs> says, yeah, why not have a third? Why not bring forth life again if you're stuck at home anyway? Oh, keep going, a fourth, a fifth? I mean, what, what reason to stop? Either of you or Ian at a stage where you might be thinking of having another one now? I'm not and never will be. My husband disagrees on this issue. I see. And Ian? I think we'd like one, but the practicalities of uh, property in London um, make this a little bit difficult. We're just in a two-bedroom flat at the moment, which doesn't lend itself really well to expanding the uh, expanding the population. And that's a, a real issue faced by people uh, often in London, though not exclusively in London, certainly. I mean, just you need more space. You yeah. do, really do. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I think the, the biggest concern is sleep and, um, you know, you need to get them both down at exactly the same time and then not have either of them wake up. And I think that's statistically impossible. Yeah. Um, so more rooms, more space between them is definitely the key. Now, when you had your, your baby daughter, did you really think about, what's the expression, baby-proofing the, the flat? And was that something you did? We did, and we were well ahead of ourselves because I don't think we really needed to in the in the early stages because they're, they're, they're pretty immobile. There's not much that they can do. Um, but once they start to move, that's that's when the, the dangers are. So the stair gate is obviously the number one concern, which is a real problem if you live somewhere with sort of staggered stairs and you end up having to buy about eight of them. Did you become Mr Health and Safety? Were, were you neurotic now, before or after or during? No. No? No, we, I, we, we, I mean... Uh, born in the UK, but kind of genetically Sri Lankan, Ireland race, pretty laid back about such things. Um, we, anyone here, baby dropped off a changing table onto the no. floor. No, no, but it does happen. It's, yeah, it's happened to and to both of our kids. Um, not that we did it on purpose, but they they dropped off, and and you find out how kind of bouncy they are um, at that point. How um, bouncy are they? I've always wondered. Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't. I couldn't do any Harlem Globetrotter like tricks with my son uh, or my daughter. Um, but no, we didn't start doing all that, and you don't need to until they become mobile, do you? And then once they became mobile, once um, I was I was doing something on the right stuff on Channel Five, and is it Larry Turner? I think yeah, her name's Larry Turner. She was castigating me because um, we make our kids wear um, these kind of helmets when they're on their on their scooters. And she was like, what are you doing? That's so lame that you were doing that. You're kind of mollycoddling them. And I was made to feel like that. And I thought, well, they do go quite fast downhill. And I kind of, perhaps for the sake of principle, don't want their heads to smash into a tree. I think from she about three unnecessarily up. gave you a hard time because I've heard there are some people, if they're in a house with wooden or solid floors, yeah, wooden they'd floors. make their children wear a helmet in the house. Yeah, no, that seems a bit much. Well, well, we of course had all the walls padded. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, so we, yes, we did that. And we had the ceilings padded too. Yeah, well. yeah, we did all that, <laughs> and, which was a mistake because we had trampolines everywhere, so we had to do that because um, that's how my wife and I like to get around. Off, <laughs> we come to your house. Yeah, it's, it's a great place. Shoes off, please. Shoes off. Giant gambados. You mentioned. Yeah. Um, Ian, space or lack of it. And actually, you've got to think about this. When you're choosing your baby buggy in particular, if you can't... Oh, I mean, yeah. it, some... Oh, yes. How do you get it up and down the stairs or steps well, outside? Th this is the thing. This is, you, you, can be, um, you can be bewitched by certain aspects of, uh, of, of push chairs, you know, fur-lined or, like, you know, design, colours. What you really want more than anything is something you can assemble and disassemble with one hand. That's the key to everything. Um, though, I mean, in some circumstances, it's always going to be difficult. My sister lives in a third-floor flat, 
Um, so getting baby, baby bag and everything down three flights of stairs is one thing. Then getting back up with the shopping is another thing entirely. I was lucky enough to live in a house in the northeast where it was a big wide front door and then you're yeah. straight in the house with a very low step. Um, but yeah, accessibility is, is everything. And clear the space before the baby comes in. Make sure shoe racks are moved to somewhere more sensible. And can you fold it one-handed is, uh, is exactly. something that you've got to kind of look at. I remember when our son was born, it was right in the middle of this craze of this particular type of pram, which was about £800. Did you get one? Um, no. No. We went to, to a well-known department store and asked about what prams we should get, and this person was kind of gravitating us towards this thing. And this is how they were selling it to us. They were saying, well, you know, you can go on the beach, you can go on the forest, you can go across country. Went, They're not SAS training, it's a baby. <laughs> I want to know, can I get it from the supermarket car park into the supermarket? Can I get it on? I don't know if you've noticed, but in London, we've got pavements everywhere. I don't need to off-road with my baby. You do get um, my particular bugbear, I don't know whether Lucy agrees with me on this, is the man, presumably the dad, who will walk pushing the buggy with one hand because he's so damn cool. He's either got a, he's got a coffee in the other one or maybe he's looking at his phone. And the impression he gives as he goes through the park is that he's actually too important to be pushing this buggy. I think a man thinks that in his mind women are so impressed. Firstly, oh my God, look, there's a dad with his child. That's amazing. And look, there's a dad multitasking. Isn't that amazing? I wish my husband was like that. When in fact, as you've pointed out, you're just thinking, no. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, in fairness, it's only me thinking. Oh right, okay. I wasn't even sure whether Lucy agreed with me. To be honest, oh, right. she didn't really give a view. What do you think about that? I don't know why, because you know I was born in 1973, not 1873, but I'm still so impressed to see dads or to see dads out. I still think it's like a living Athena poster. I'm still very <laughs> <Yeah>, great <laughs> Athena poster. Yes. And it is true. Um, I think women are. I think actually you're right, or rather you're wrong. I think women are impressed by men with babies, even I though I, even people like me, I try very hard <laughs> yeah. not to be impressed. But there's something. I think Lucy's onto something. Yeah. I sort of am impressed in spite of myself. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm angry as well because I don't think a man would be impressed by a woman behaving like that ever. It's, it's appalling. If I had the attention before I was married and before I had a child that I get now, if I walk through a large department store, particularly in the makeup counter with my daughter. God, I would never have got married. It's like being, <laughs> it's like being a rock star. I just, oh my, look at him! He's carrying a child. That's amazing. But you know it's wrong, don't you? Oh, completely. yeah. Okay, but it doesn't makes... stop me going back. Uh, my husband comes <laughs> back and comes that. back from a you know trip through the park. And goes, they were all undressing me with their eyes again. <laughs> or were they really? <laughs> okay. It wasn't um, the tweed jacket with the orange trousers in the middle of Catford that was doing it. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> Nook, we believe our job is to make your life easier. For over 60 years, we've been listening to midwives, doctors, dentists, and most importantly, parents. Only by listening have we been able to deliver a range of products that is specifically designed to satisfy the needs of mother and baby in those precious early years. To find out more about the full range of Nook products, visit our website at www.nook.co.uk. Nook. Understanding life. Lots of us have got pets and had pets long before we had babies. Um, and we sometimes feel a great loyalty to the pets, perhaps sometimes more than to our children. Um, would you, I mean, you've got a dog, Nihal. A Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Did you, you got that after? No. No. So my wife and I, um, she moved to the UK um, from Sri Lanka and we bought some uh, plants. They all died. 
Um, I think maybe there was some fish involved. They died. And then we thought, right, let's get a dog. We were basically going through things, and if they survived, then we could have children, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> because it proves that we could keep something alive. Uh, we failed with fish and plants, but the dog was good. Dog, healthy, fine, well-trained. Yeah. And then we decided to breed after that. And um, the great thing about it is is that, I mean, I'm from Essex, like you are, Ian, and Staffordshire Bull Terriers are, are greatly loved dogs in Essex. People love, people will stop and they'll talk to you. Now, in London, depending on the kind of ethnic makeup of the area, uh, lots of people of colour um, are terrified of dogs, mm. and especially Staffordshire Bull Terriers. Well, I was going to ask, yeah. yeah, and I would imagine, this is from a position of ignorance, that yeah. they're not great around kids. They are amazing nanny dogs. In fact, they're mm. notorious for being great dogs now you know just like humans if dogs are brutalized they will they will become brutal um staffordshire bull terriers i cannot recommend enough anyone you know who is uh, someone who owns a staffy and is a responsible owner will tell you just how fantastic i mean they're hugely protective i mean my daughter who's five and and our staff have this bond that is just so beautiful to watch and my gosh if anyone was to be aggressive towards my daughter um this dog is incredibly protective so how did you introduce dog to daughter then um or did you not worry about um, it at all what i think what we did was was that we took a kind of blanket and gave to the dog to just kind of feel the scent just a smaller scent not 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 to tear up obviously um <laughs> that would have been really not helpful um we just took, so she got used to the smell and that she, there was no threat and also as well to make sure that what you don't do is suddenly start ignoring your dog. Now, cats are pretty much self-sufficient, aren't they? But dogs need a lot of attention. So what you don't do is when you have children is kind of put the dog away and just keep locking it away and keep telling it it's not part of that. You have to make sure that the dog can 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 smell the child, can lick the child, can very much feel as though that it's a part, a new addition to the family, not a threat to what the dog is all about. And, and, and we did that, and it's very simple to do. It's very it's like easy to do. like a third child, isn't it? Like it's having it, a toddler there. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, you know, our dog, our Staffy, is beautiful. And, you know, if, if you bring up a dog responsibly, any dog, then uh, it's going to be great. But Staffies are particularly good with children. And, Lucy, you're a, a cat woman. I've got two cats, yeah. Wow. And... Uh... When the child came home, we ended up having to put the cat on antidepressants as well. <laughs> Are you serious about yeah. that? Yeah. It started pulling its fur out of oh. its base of its tail, so I tweeted about it and got the reply back that, yeah, it's because it's, it's stress. I know. Hashtag I, first world problems. Yeah. <laughs> cat <laughs> antidepressants. Well, you know, pulling its tail. I thought it was, I thought it was you know, dying of something. It just looked, got scraggy and... Uh, and um, all these vets came on and said, no, it's just it's just um, stress and, and depression. You can get something that you plug into the into the wall, this pheromone, and cat. it'll <laughs> I wish, and it'll it'll sort it out. And has so it? you know, a mere six months later, we managed to go down to the vets, buy this thing, and yeah, it did. What what's the name of Is that the cat? cat? Henry. I always think it's important to know cats' names. Yeah. I never got the name of your bull terrier. Luna. Right. Luna Staffy. Yeah. Um, and Ian, you've got um, General Zod. Who is, is my a, cat? A cat. Yeah, yeah. Um, abbreviated just as Zod. Yeah, it can be Zod, no. Zodric. It's a bit formal. Yeah, well, well, you have to keep up standards in the military. <laughs> you know, just at least the first time you, you walk into the house. I know some um, people think it's nice to have. Uh, you know, it's all part of family life to have animals. But I mean, is there any health risk at all with cats and small babies and kids? Cats well, more so apparently, cats, isn't there? Yeah. Cat litter yeah. and you can't. Yeah, you've got to be careful. There's the oh, I can't even remember toxoplasmosis. Toxoplasmosis, isn't it? That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Where does that come from? Who? Um, it's cat litter. You mustn't, if you're pregnant or thinking of becoming so, you mustn't 
um, clear out cat litter because you'll you'll get oocytes, I think it's pronounced. Um, and if you get uh, toxoplasmosis, will give will basically make your baby blind. Okay, like best avoided then, I think. Yeah. Um, so, do your children take any notice, or at what stage, Nihal, did they start to take notice of the dog? Because I, I've been watching my my littlest nephew, who's now four, has grown up with a dog in the house, and frankly, the way he treated the dog as soon as he could move around was actually quite nerve-wracking. She's a beautiful, fortunately, incredibly patient dog, but he'd be gliding under her stomach, riding on her back. Um, and you have to be a little bit wary, don't you? Even with a dog you think you know really well. Yeah, I mean, the golden rule is you would never, ever leave a child alone with a dog, ever. It doesn't matter how much you feel that you love and trust it, it is an animal, and you just don't want to be that person who has to call 999 because your dog, no matter what breed, mm. has turned on your child, um, however patient and loving it is. So that was always our rule. And again, it's not, a, it's, it's not a complicated rule. I mean, it's just don't leave your child alone with your dog. I mean, simple, really. You just don't do it. They, they are incredibly loving animals, but you just don't know. I mean, you just don't know. And, and my staff is very, very patient um, now my five-year-old is constantly kind of wrestling with her and kind of not pulling her tail. That's one thing you just don't do. And she's only ever growled at my daughter once, and that was when she was eating and my daughter was harassing her when she was trying to eat. So she knows that there are certain things that you just don't do. I mean, it's just common sense, really. And General Zod, um, any scratching <laughs> Going on? No, funnily enough, uh, General Zod punched my daughter in the face the other day, um, but just with pads, not with claws, which we were all quite impressed by. And uh, we, we generally agreed, everyone had seen it, there were plenty of witnesses that, that my daughter had been asking for it, because she had gone near the tail, and we'd always said, don't go near the tail. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a short, sharp lesson. She just got up and went, General Zod punched me. And there's something always very strange about hearing a three-year-old say the words General Zod at the best It's of the fact times. that she gives him his full title. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's yeah. respect. That's older. how we brought her up. He's old, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I right. think there's two things about pets. It's number one, if you've got them before the the child comes home, I wish I hadn't got cats because they are just more work for me. You know, I have to get up and let them, I have to feed them, and when I just want to go to bed. And so, if I had my time again, I'd just have the baby, not the cats. But if you've got the cats or the dog, it is actually quite interesting as they get as the child gets a bit older, because you can tell them things about the cat. You say, "Don't do that," you know, or you know, "Mustn't do." And they'll take it about this other living thing in a way that they wouldn't, you know, if you say, don't touch that, you know, caustic chemical under the sink. They'll go, oh, caustic chemical. Well, they, they'll take it. And it's quite interesting to see how they kind of very primitive understanding from very early on that you really mean it when you say about a living, living thing must be treated with more respect than inanimate objects. So they're worth it. Having the animals and the children definitely it's worth just, it. No, it's just more interesting. I think if you've, you've been on, can I just your... say, Lucy, to have a cat on antidepressants, you've been unlucky. Your experience <laughs> yeah. is, is not... A... It was nice to have company. <laughs> okay, so there was more than one of you on antidepressants. That's good. Having pets around um, a child is really good because it does teach them about teach them a lot about caring about yeah, someone else does, and yeah, about respect for uh, animals. And it's kind of made my daughter borderline vegetarian, not that we eat dog in our um, house. But, <laughs> no, um, well, I would hope not. Um, my thanks once again to Lucy Mangan, to Ian McIntosh and to Nihal. They're all on Twitter, at Lucy Mangan, at Ian McIntosh and at The Real Nihal. And I'm there as well. It's at Jane Garvey One. And make sure, if you can, that you share this podcast with your friends and your fellow mums on Facebook. You can find the rest of our episodes on iTunes. And if you've got any time at all between being puked on and maybe grabbing your 
first shower of the month. You can also leave a review for us as well. We'd appreciate that. I'm Jane Garvey. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. You've been listening to the My Baby and Me podcast in association with Nook. Visit us at nook.co.uk. 